This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. It's the Mike Francesa Podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Hello again, everybody, and welcome to the Mike Francesa Podcast. Uh, and remember, Bet Rivers has a new football squares game where you can win up to $10,000 when you make your football bets. So check it out on the Bet Rivers and Play Sugar House apps. And remember, for all of your wagering needs, it's Bet Rivers in New York and New Jersey, Play Sugar House in Connecticut. And remember, for if you want to send us an email, send it to Mike Francesa Podcast at gmail.com. That's where you send it. And today we will concentrate on some uh, emails. And then, obviously, later in the week, we'll get into all the football and we'll spend plenty of time. We'll have a special uh, Football Friday podcast and uh, a special coverage of the Giants in the next couple of days. So uh, be looking for that. So again, Mike Francis, podcast at gmail.com. Here we go. Bob and Jersey starts us off. Uh, the Lamar Ravens situation looks bad. Do you think the Ravens should pay him? Um, whether I think they should or not, I'm leery of quarterbacks whose best attribute is their legs being injured, Moving into those middle years now, he's going on 27. That scares me, especially for the amount of money he's going to command. If you're asking me, though, what's going to happen there, I think they have built that franchise around him in the kind of players they've brought in, in what their mentality is. So I don't think they're going to run away from him and then go search for another quarterback. I don't think they will. I think they're pretty much locked into him, I'd be surprised if they do an about-face here because I don't think Harbaugh wants to spend years searching for a quarterback. I don't think he thinks he can win big with Huntley um, or Brown, so I don't think he wants to go backwards and, and spend a couple of years trying to rebuild the franchise. I don't think that's in his, in his mindset. So I, I, I think he will be there. I do think he will be there. And if he's on the open market, I would be very leery of giving him a a phenomenal contract. And that's what it's going to take to get him. Joe in Tampa. um, Mike, the way he has played lately is Josh Allen uh, turning into Brett Favre right before our eyes. Well, you can judge that as a compliment. Brett Favre was a three-time MVP. But if you're talking about the idea of him being reckless, clearly Allen is showing those kind of traits. So he is looking a little bit Favre-like in the reckless nature that he has played with this year. And he has been extremely extremely puzzling in the red zone where he has thrown a lot of bad interceptions this year. 
And he has thrown a lot of bad interceptions all season. He really has. He's turned the ball over dramatically this year, and that's cost them. And that's an issue going forward. Matt and New Rochelle, what do you think has a better chance of advancing this weekend, the Giants or the Jaguars? Great question. Really great question. One is an eight-and-a-half point on the dog. One is a seven-and-a-half point on the dog. Both on the road, both playing a one seed. I think the Giants are in a better position for a couple of reasons. Number one, I think Kansas City's a better team than the Eagles. Number two, the Giants and the Eagles coming from the same division. The division opponent has an edge for keeping the game close in the divisional playoff round. There's no question about it. Um, Underdogs in that round, playing the one seed in this divisional playoff round, have done very well in the last 10, 15 years. Very well in this round. Um, I'm I'm leery of Jacksonville only because I have not liked what I've seen from their offense in their last two games where they've really just had some, let's not even call it lulls. Let's, let's talk about just some bizarre happenings that they've been able to pull back from. They would not have beaten Tennessee without the turnover from the defense. They would not have won. Their offense had been shut down that night by Tennessee. Tennessee had taken over the game with the defensive line. Um, they made offensive plays and defensive plays to come back with the great comeback against uh, the Chargers, but the Chargers helped with their offense, and you saw the carnage that came from that in that the offensive coaches took the brunt of the uh, anger. The head coach stayed, and he cleaned out his offense because of that. The offense took, should have taken a big hit because the defense turned the ball over to them all day, and the offense went into a shell in the second half. And everyone talks about Herbert, but nobody ever criticizes Herbert. He deserves some criticism in the second half of that game. And, and he does not get any criticism. Lawrence gets plenty of criticism. He doesn't get any criticism. And you know what? He deserves some for that game. He really does. Um, but answering your question, I think the Giants have a better chance to win. I think they're more cohesive right now. I think they are being coached superbly right now. I think their quarterback is very confident right now. I think the Giants are bringing a real confidence into this game. It's a division game. I think they have a chance to keep it very close. I think the Giants have a better chance to win than the Jaguars do. What is, this is Pete, what is your take on the Yankees offseason? What else do they need? Hey, they haven't really added that much. They brought Judge back. They brought Rizzo back. Two very important keys. You knew they were going to bring Judge back. I love that they're, you know the, how I feel about Rizzo. He's my favorite guy on that team. So, and I don't have a lot of favorites on that team. But they have not solved the left field problem. They have not solved the third base problem. They have not solved the shortstop problem. They have not solved the leadoff problem. The bullpen has plenty of arms, but does it have the guy they need, the guy? That's the question. Does it have the guy? It has plenty of arms. Does it have the guy? I think it can be good in the regular season. Will it be good in the postseason when you need the guy? 
And obviously, they added a very talented pitcher who I think will do very well with the Yankees. But winning regular season games is not the Yankees' issue. The Yankees' issue is stacking up and being good enough to win in the postseason. And the question is, have they added up to the Astros? And my, the answer, as far as I'm concerned, is no. They have not closed the gap yet enough that I would be confident. So I think they have plenty of work to do. Greg in Aberdeen, uh, who do you see as the Jets next OC? Kingsbury, who, after uh, getting bounced in Arizona, left the country, from my understanding, went to Thailand. Um, so I don't know. He's also got an offset provision. Now, Jets don't have to pay him next year, or if he gets paid, you know, there's no reason to pay him next year. He's getting money from Arizona. It's going to be offset, obviously. Now, I don't know if they put a college offset provision in the contract. Some teams are smart enough to do that. Some teams aren't. Where you're offsetting the contract based on the college. So let's say Kingsbury's getting paid. I don't know what his deal is, but let's say he's getting paid, just for argument's sake, $3 million next year. That money's offset in the NFL. I don't know if it is in college. Or he can just sit on his rear end for a year and kind of consolidate and wait for the office to come in next year and get paid this year. So he is on the contract and he can't get paid this year. So, uh, and he will be paid this year. So he's got plenty of money coming in. So he might sit and do that. I don't know what his plan is. Um, I would love to see them hire Frank Reich, but I, I think he wants to be a head coach and should be able to be a head coach in this league. Um, it'll be interesting to see where they wind up. There's plenty of candidates out there. I mean, he would be my favorite, but uh, I don't see him taking a job as a coordinator. I don't see Kingsbury taking a job as a coordinator. I think he'd go back to college first before he would take a job as a coordinator. Ben in Illinois, Mike, I liked you. I really liked you in Uncut Gems. Have you ever thought about doing more acting or been approached? Um, the Safdie brothers called me about another project they were doing. Uh, it was a, another sports movie. This one was going to be about sports memorabilia. Um, and they said they had a role for me. I haven't heard back from them since then. Um, has anybody else contacted me about doing any acting? The answer is no, they have not. Would I listen? Absolutely. I love doing it. I, I really liked doing I really liked working with Sandler. I like doing it, but again, I, I'm not going to go out and seek anything. They'd have to come, you know, look for me. And there's plenty of guys in the business who are, you know, far more qualified than I am. Uh, but I do like doing it. I did like doing it. Uh, I think it comes fairly naturally to me. Uh, I didn't need a lot of takes, although they do a lot of takes anyway. See, I'm always a guy that that likes to do things in one take um, in my profession. Um, I like to handle things live. That's always been my way. But in in movies, what I found was you can do the first take perfect. You're still doing 50 more takes because they do so many different Camera cuts, reverse angles, all different things. And then they change the mood a couple of times. This time do it angry. This time do it this way. Now let's put 
on this word, in this one hand them this, in this one do that. So you're going to do it 20 times anyway. No matter whether you hit it the first time or not, you're going to still do it 20 times because they want all different angles when they edit it and they want all different moods. So that's the way I found that it worked anyway. So you wind up doing it. I wound up doing both scenes. I had two scenes. I, I wound up doing one was at the table when he came into the restaurant. The other one was in the kitchen when I was yelling at the guy about the Caesar salad. Um, and he was making a big bet. Uh, and he gave me a watch. Uh, I did the one at the table. We probably did like 15 or 20 takes. The one in the rest in the kitchen, which was very hot. We probably did about eight takes. Something like that. But I, I enjoyed doing it. I, did, I was there for one day, and it was a lot of fun. Would I do it again? Absolutely. But again, they're going to have to call me. I don't, I would, I'm not seeking any roles or trying to get into the business. I'm not doing that. Uh, Keith in Westchester. There have been a number of very good NFL QBs who have had terrible rookie seasons. Absolutely. I mean, Aikman didn't win a game his rookie year. Bradshaw got benched and wanted to be traded because he lost his job to Joe Gilliam on a couple of occasions uh, and was distraught in Pittsburgh. Uh, I can go down the list. Jim Plunkett got bounced out of New England and didn't find his salvation until he got to the Raiders years later and then turned into a great quarterback there. Um, uh, You can go down the list. So there are plenty. But have you ever seen a quarterback be as poor as Zach Wilson in his first two years and turn it around? No. He has been, he got to a point this year where he looked like he didn't even understand how to play the position. Everything he did was absurdly bad. The only attribute he displayed was the ability to turn a broken play into a positive play on the mad scramble, on a complete improv, and then just utilizing his arm in open space. That was the only play that he seemed to have any success at. Other than that, he was dreadful. But remember, this is where the coach screwed up. The coach had to destroy him in front of the team because the team was about to go was about to split because of what he said after that New England loss. So the kid screwed up. He didn't take accountability. He was in hot order. The coach had to make an example out of him. He did. But what he didn't realize that he did is he completely shattered the kid when he did it. And they allowed the receivers to demonstratively show the quarterback up on the field. You can't do that. You can't let your players show the quarterback up. If they're going to do that, how do you expect the quarterback to lead? And how do you expect him to have any confidence if his own wide receivers are throwing their arms in the air when he misses them by 20 yards? And that's what went on, especially Wilson. Wilson was killing him. Now, Wilson's a very talented kid, and he had a very good rookie season, but his immaturity stood out. When he dropped the ball, you didn't see the quarterback go running up to him and go, what are you doing? What are you doing waving his arms? Tom Brady might do that, but you know what? He's Tom Brady. Tom Brady yelled at uh, Fournette when he missed the, missed the blitz pickup the other day. You heard him yell, 
Lenny, what are you doing? Right <laughs> into the microphone. So, I mean, but that's Tom Brady. He can do that. Um, Ian asks, what are your thoughts on the Manning cast productions? Do you prefer to watch the games with the traditional crew, or do you like the Manning insights and interviews as the game goes on? I have to say I'm guilty. I have not watched the Mannings. I watched the game. I have not watched it. I know it's gotten good reviews, and I know that ESPN is very high on doing those alternate things. So they must be garnering audience. Otherwise, they wouldn't be continuing them. They've continued them in baseball. They want to continue them in other sports. They're looking for people to do those. So I know that for a fact. So the bottom line is they, they are very high on that idea. Is that something that looks to be part of the future? It does. Now, to me, I always grew up with the idea that the game is the thing, and that's it. That seems to be changing in that these alternate casts have taken on a much bigger life now. So there must be something to it. It shows you that there's a lot of marginal fans out there who show up for the big game. Now, we're not talking about the Super Bowl. We know everybody watches the Super Bowl. They watch it for different reasons. Number one, it's a social occasion. Everyone goes to parties. No one watches this. Like I said, when you, if you watch, the, it, there's two times in a year that if you're home alone, you have to examine your life. That's when the ball's dropping on New Year's Eve, and that's during the Super Bowl. Nobody watches either of those events alone. If you're watching those alone, you have to look in the mirror and reassess your life. Something's not right. Because they're not made for that. So the Super Bowl, when I haven't been at it, and as, you know, most years I've been, I've, I've been to about 35 or maybe more Super Bowls, something like that. But in recent years I've been home. Oh, well, I did take my boys to a couple of the recent ones, but uh, uh, last year I was home. I'm not going this year. Um, we have a party. There's a party. And people watch the commercials. They love the commercials. And they also are chasing their squares. That is a conversation. The entire, the boxes. Everyone's involved in those hundred box things. Okay. And everyone is always thinking about their numbers. Everybody at the, pl- at the party's got numbers. My kids have numbers. Everybody has numbers. So everybody's into the numbers and has a pool somewhere that, you know, that they're involved in. That thing is unbelievable. I've always said we should have an American lottery that day where we pay off in astronomical amounts of money off that game. It would be unbelievable. And eventually I think it could happen, but it hasn't happened yet. But, I mean, it's that big. And you know how a score change, especially late in a quarter, is treated unbelievably because it impacts a tremendous amount of money moving around. But it does look like they're part of the future, these alternate casts. And the Mannings have gotten a lot of acclaim. Listen, Peyton Manning gets acclaim for everything he does. He is a unique talent. There's no question about that. He's great at commercials. He's a great host. He's a, he's, he's a, he's a tremendous TV personality. He just is. He's very good at it. You got to be fair. He's just very good at it. David Smithtown, will Brian Cashman, Bill Belichick, Greg Popovich leave on their own accord? Well, they're all very different, but 
I think you can reach a point, and I think that's the premise, where you will call the shots. I think Cashman's to the point now where he will leave when he wants to leave. Belichick has always been able to call that shot. And they, they stood the test of time. There was a time in every relationship with a coach and an owner where there's a rough patch. But they've gone through so much together. And those two, Kraft and Belichick, they know where all the bodies are buried on each other. That gives them an enormous connection that won't be broken because they have covered each other's rear ends on numerous occasions. Kraft has kept Belichick out of trouble with the league. Kraft's been in trouble in other places. The bottom line is they know each, they know all the skeletons, and they both have skeletons, and they both have a lot of success. That's why they've been together so long, and that's why they'll leave in a good way. They won't leave in a bad way. As, and, you know, Popovich, hey, he's Popovich. Casey and Sparta, you and everyone have been super critical of uh, Gettleman in the past. Absolutely have been, yes. He did a horrible job at selecting coaches and running a franchise and therefore deserved to be fired, but it is now time to give him credit for selecting Jones, uh, Barkley. Well, Barkley was a no-brainer. I mean, you know, that, I wouldn't even have taken him back that high, but we all know how talented he was. And he's only been good. He hasn't been great. Um, Dexter Lawrence, yes. The offensive line, better. Some of his players have come to the fore, but that's not unusual when you get coaching that some of them have come to the fore. He also had some terrible misses like Galladay, and we can go down the line. So I don't think we revitalized Gettleman's career because Dable came in and did a great job. The Giants are on the right track. They found the right coach, the right staff. Now, it will hurt him if they lose the defensive coordinator. I don't think he'll get a head coaching job. And I don't think he should. I, I have a feeling he won't be successful as a head coach. I think he's a great defensive coordinator. I think that's what he is. I think he should stay in that role, be handsomely rewarded for it, and kept there. I'd give him a big raise if I'm the Giants and make sure he stays there and give him a long-term contract and let him get paid well, and then maybe he'll be happy to stay there because that's where he belongs. If he goes to be a head coach, he'll be back being a defensive coordinator again anyway because he's, he's the perfect guy who's not going to be successful as a head coach. Uh, Joe in Boston, would you ever consider putting Bill Simmons on the podcast? Uh, I haven't talked to Bill in about a year, I guess. Bill and I talked about doing a podcast, something together with his company, and I, we never got around to it. Then I made a deal with Bet Rivers, which I'm very happy with. So I'm on the contract. I have to get permission to do anything because of the deal I made with Bet Rivers. So I have to, before I do anything, I have to ask their permission. Uh, and I can tell you they've said yes sometimes, and they've said no sometimes. So, uh, again, they have the right. I, I signed an exclusive deal with them. So um, that's the way it works. So I don't think I will be on Bill's platform. He's always welcome to come on the show if he wants. I haven't heard from him recently, though. But if he does, I would always put him on. Uh, Matt in Huntington, 
Where do you rank Al Arbor on your list of the greatest coaches in sports history? Extremely high at the top. Underrated. I don't think because of hockey, I don't think he gets the credit he deserves. What he did, did and what he built. Their 19 consecutive playoff victories, their four straight championships, is one of the great achievements in sports history and should be regarded as such. And he is one of the really underrated coaches, not just in New York history, but in sports history. I totally agree. So I put him very, very high on the list. Zach emails, going forward, would you rather be the Giants with the coaching staff and quarterback in place or the Jets? Um, In the next three years, I'd rather be the Giants. Because the Jets have better talent, but they are unsettled at the two positions that are the most critical to your success, quarterback and coach. And as I told you when the year started, I said the Jets have improved their personnel dramatically, but they must improve their quarterback and their coaching ability if they're going to succeed. That dragged them down this year. The coach did not do his job. The quarterback was a complete failure. So they have a huge hole at quarterback that is not easily solved. And we still have some questions about the coaching staff, which is now in flux because you're changing the offensive leadership. And this is a defensive head coach. So the offensive leadership is critical. So right now with Dable, Dable working with a terrific staff, with a great defensive coordinator, and Martin Dale deserves a lot of the credit, and with a general manager who works hand and glove with the head coach, they are in a very, very good situation to have a run here. Uh, They have now committed to Jones. Jones made a lot of money with his win in Minnesota and his tremendous performance in that game, he made a lot of money for himself. He will get a very, very impressive contract now. I'd be careful how I paid Barkley running backs going into those middle years. I worry about dramatically. I would not break the bank for him. I know he's not going to like that uh, because he's been a central theme here and he has been, but that's going to change a little bit as they get better. Because as they get better, especially in the passing game, and they're going to get better, they're going to add a big wide receiver. They have wide receivers that I like as complimentary guys. I like Slayton. I like Hodgins a lot. Okay? I like their tight end. So they have players there. The offensive line has come to bear, especially the tackle positions, which will be very much on display this week in their pass defense, in their pass protection. Very, very critical in this game. And we'll save that for, you know, a later date. But uh, very critical in this game. But the giant line has shown you that it really can run block. It's got a pass block on a higher level, but it's doing better as a line. It's coming together as a line, and it's being uh, improving. And they do have tackles that you think now going forward are going to be very solid in their positions. I have young kids. This is Phil in New York. I have young kids, and they watch all the Disney shows to the point where I have these shows memorized. 
Your kids are now growing up. Yeah, as a matter of fact, my twins turned 18 yesterday, uh, Jack and Emily. Harrison's a junior in high school, so yes, they're now moving on. Um, do you remember the, what shows were popular when they were kids and what shows drove you nuts? Um, I'll tell you the show I didn't like watching was Teletubbies. I don't even know if it's still on. It was a weird show, very weird show, and uh, but my kids liked it. My kids were also very big Sesame Street fans. Jack was big with uh, Cookie Monster. Uh, M loved Elmo, um, as kids have for generations. I mean, the show's genius. Uh, any kid who's grown up, I'm sure, has spent a good amount of time in front of the set watching Sesame Street. It's a brilliant show. In that regard, uh, it used to be done in the same building we were in, Kaufman Studio. I mean, they were right there all those years. Um, but those are two that really stick out. I'm sure there's a couple others that I can't remember offhand right now. But uh, I do remember at Christmas time, they used to love that Frosty the Snowman half hour. That, that was a biggie. That was a very biggie, the, uh, the Frosty the Snowman. And it was another show hook. I think it was Rudolph into Frosty for the hour, but um, I think that's the link. But I, I know Frosty was half hour of it, and they loved the Frosty the Snowman show. So I remember that was always very big at the holidays every year. But you do think of those shows, and you did spend a lot of time with that on. You know, it's funny. Um, Jack and M were twins, so they were born early. They were premature. They were born in like the 35th week. So they were a little small. They were five pounds, you know, in that range. Um, but I used to feed, they, you know, twins, and they're a little small. They eat, somebody's eating almost every minute of the day. I mean, because they eat six times a day at that, time, at that stage, and they're not on the same exact schedule. So somebody's always eating at, or getting a bottle and getting burped and the whole thing, you know. So, um Jack used he grew up on my shoulder watching Sports Center and watching games until you know one or two in the morning. He'd be right on my shoulder watching TV and he'd fall asleep there. Uh, you know, uh, and that's how he grew up. And he grew up a huge sports fan, so maybe that indoctrinated him that way, uh, just by doing that. But he grew up on my shoulder right there watching those uh, games at night, uh day after day after day. But I do remember during the day you know, it always started with Sesame Street, and I do remember Teletubbies as being a very odd show that I couldn't stand. That's one I can can remember. But I, I'm probably forgetting a couple. Larry, you mentioned that there is something missing from the Bills. I have mentioned that on numerous occasions. Is it maybe Dable? Good question. I'll say this is what I see from the Bills. Number one, the mistakes that Allen is making. To me, Allen, for all his brilliance, and he is an incredibly talented player, run, pass, arm, etc. He has all the talents in the world, okay? He has become extremely reckless, and I would say that they have not done a good job of making him accountable for his mistakes, and they just pass off his mistakes. I think that's a mistake in their coaching. And I don't know if Dable, if he were there, would allow him that latitude 
where they would pass off those mistakes as easily as they do. They seem to just, eh, well, that's Josh, you know, move on. No, it's not that. That's not the case when you just throw the ball up for grabs, okay, and you don't care if the ball's picked off. Hey, at 17 nothing, he has the ball picked off, and it's run back into Bill's territory, and it started a deluge that ended with the half at 17-17. If that pass is not picked off there, they go into the half probably at 17 nothing or maybe higher. The bottom line is that he had two interceptions in that first half that turned that entire game around. Then he had a fumble when he got hit. Now, we knock other quarterbacks for not holding on to the ball, but we don't knock the star quarterback for not holding on to the ball. Hey, bottom line is he's got to hold on to the ball, especially when he's deep in his own territory. So he had three huge turnovers in that game that were responsible for scores, each one, and stemmed the tide of that game. That game changed as radically as any playoff game I can remember. I was, went into the kitchen when Knox scored. I thought the game was 21 nothing. I came out, they had reversed that play, and now they kick a field goal and it's 17 nothing instead of 21. Okay, so it's, right now it's 17 instead of 21. Seven minutes later, after two interceptions and a punt return by the Dolphins, Dolphins had 17 points. It was 17 nothing with seven minutes to play. It was 21-0, I thought, when I went inside. They reversed that play, and it was a borderline reversal. So now they don't get the touchdown there, and they go to 17. And that game never broke open again. Next thing you know, the Dolphins were losing because were winning because they got the sack and the pickup and the touchdown. So now they lead 24-20. And now the Bills are scrambling just to win the game a game that was a complete laugher where they had them 182 to 10 in yardage in the first half. Diggs had 112 yards of receiving in the first quarter. And they let that game get away from them. And they survived because they were playing against a third-string quarterback. They won't survive another game where they make those kind of mistakes. Plus, they also are allowing incredible loose plays on defense where they're letting guys get loose in the secondary for big gains. That cannot continue. If it does against Cincinnati, they will lose. If it does against Kansas City, they will lose. There is clearly an underlying theme in the Bills that they are not crisp this year and something is dramatically missing on both sides of the ball. And I think it will send them home and not to the Super Bowl this year. We have a busy week for you. We'll do a lot on the Giants and the Eagles. We'll have a terrific Football Friday podcast for you. But stay tuned. We'll be uh, giving you wall-to-wall football this week. We'll see you later. Thanks for listening to the Mike Francesa podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Hey, it's Mike Miss here. What a time to be a Philly sports fan, and you can share the excitement with me each week on the Mike Missinelli Podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Listen and subscribe to the Mike Missinelli Podcast today, wherever you get your podcasts.